Hello and welcome to this special podcast episode featured on both the Weight of Freight and the Crude Report podcast series from Argus Media. My name is Alex Yunovich and I'm the Global Head of Freight at Argus. And today we're taking a dive into the dirty tanker market. A lot has been said already about the recent dip in the oil prices. However, it's worth noting that despite that drop, oil prices are still miles above the levels we've seen this time last year. It is pretty much the opposite for the dirty tanker rates, which apart from some occasional volatility, stayed depressed for a year now, with uh, seemingly no immediate uh, way to climb back up. And this is quite a challenging environment for ship owners who are faced with low earnings while also dealing with other challenges like uncertainty in demand and decarbonization goals. So today we're getting a ship owner's perspective on where the tanker market actually stands, how to make money in the low freight environment, and what we might expect going forward. And for that, I'm pleased to welcome a very special guest, Mikhail Seidelin, who is the Director for Chartering and Freight Trading at TK Tankers. Hi, Mikhail. It's great to have you here. It's great to be here, Alex. Thank you very much. So let's jump right in. We're recording this on May 20. So looking at August data for May 19th, the rates for dirty tanker routes seem to have taken quite a dip year on year. So, for example, the Suez Max rate for West Africa to Europe is around 47% lower than it was on May 19, 2020. It's even worse, uh, 52% drop for the VLCCs from Middle East to the Far East. And many people talk about negative earnings for ship owners. So, my natural first question to you, Mikhail, is what's your view on the current state of the market? Is it really as bad as it seems and as some people tend to say? We still haven't seen all the all the demand return to the market yet for the for the uh, crude tankers, and that's where we are in these dire straits that we are right now. Um, comparing uh, May freight levels with uh, of 21 with the May freight levels of 20, uh, 2020, that's um, that's a, that's obviously a, a massive difference in it, and also the the world is a very different place now than what it was uh, 12 months ago. But looking at just year to date with the way the market has developed or hasn't developed, it stayed at the floor um, at, at mm. very low earnings. Um, it's 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 a tough environment for sure. But actually, is it you know, negative earnings? Because again, I think there is a lot of uh, misunderstanding generally when people quote, let's say this is a negative T- TCEs for ship owners. Is it actually negative where uh, ship, ship owner can't cover their operating costs or is it not that bad? It it definitely is bad, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but we just had earnings season for a lot of tanker listed tanker entities uh, last week, and uh, as um, I'm sure a lot of listeners will 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 have noticed, is that even though we've seen benchmarks drop into the negative TCEs, um, every entity delivered positive TCEs uh, somewhere around. For a Suez Max or an Aframax, somewhere around $10,000. Um, and even if the benchmark's average for, say, Q1 would not be negative, uh, it would be maybe two or $3,000 a day, um, you would you still see a significant uh, increase on what the actual earnings reported is. And, and the reason for that is um, benchmarks are just that. They are benchmarks. And... N- very few, if any, uh, owners are trading only on the benchmarks um, or is only experiencing a fuel cost um, 
on on the benchmarks there as well. Um, so the input is different, and the the trade patterns and the triangulation will prop up your earnings to some extent. Plus, you still have 20-25% of ship ownership days are still sitting uh, on demerge or, or close to maybe a little bit less now, but maybe close to 20% of the ship days are sitting on demerge. And demerge rates um, are still hovering in the 20s, depending on the segment. And that, of course, will prop up the overall average. So that's interesting because uh, you uh, mentioned a few things, I guess, which uh, relate to how to maximize earnings right as a ship owner it's not as simple uh, i guess as a to b as, uh, as as we both as we both know uh so in the low freight rate environment like this as a um when you do freight trading when you do charge for the ships what are the tools you have at your disposal to maximize earnings when the rates are low you mentioned triangulation so how does that work any other tools that you might use how to make the ideal triangulation for any given uh, tram trading segment that is that that question is as long as shipping itself i'm sure um <laughs> but at, at, at is very at is very core of it you're trying to limit your ballast and you're trying to increase your laden uh, with the with the view that on a, on a when the ship is laden you get paid for it um that's really where where it's at but um and and that will that will increase your earnings in the but the benchmarks are the overall market condition now of course even though if you're slightly better off um the levels are still not sustainable even at at the at the earnings that was reported last week uh, and we are down to levels sometimes where you have to pass on on cargos being done at certain levels because you simply uh you are only facing negative tcs and in which case it is better to sit and do nothing than to mm -hmm. commit the vessel for a voyage which has negative TCs. Um, and we have seen uh, over the this year so far alone, when the market dripped into negative TCs in the early January, when we came came back from from the from the New Year's, um, we did see a week or two of negative uh, benchmarks, but uh, it did correct itself. It didn't firm up, but it was a realization amongst owners, and I think charters as well, that this was not sustainable. And, mm -hmm. and the market did correct itself up to a level where um, at least we, owners would not spend money just to, to move the cargo. Um, and, that, and that's an interesting topic in itself, right, in terms of spending money to, to move the cargo. Because um, it might depend, right, on what the type of, let's say, ship owner, ship operator it is. Right, whether you have your vessels on time charter and maybe you need a cash cash flow to uh, just move move the ships, no matter what the rates are, as some say, or whether you directly own the asset and you uh, do the chartering for it. Is there really much of a difference in terms of how ship owners might approach the low freight environment, depending on how their commercial model is? That's a very good point, Alex. Um, we see on on the on the large tankers. Um, how each commercial operator approaches the market and how decisions are being made it very much depends on on the background um if you are a oil company a trading company and you have your own time charters in-house um you probably are still uh, net long freight mm. um and um 
and as such a low market and and having freight as a cost what is your incentive to to prop up the um the freight levels into into uh, a level where where it um because you, you still you're offsetting that against your freight cost um yep. in the company then of course then you still have the upper owners um and, and commercial operators where the pure ship owners who actually owns the steel manning the vessel paying for these things they need they're, they're the ones who need the the tce to be positive to have positive earnings um but as we know we we do have commercial operators in a lot of these segments which their main source of income are fees and commissions of the gross revenue mm-hmm. so not net of fuel and so on and sometimes uh, for them it makes sense for their bottom line to it's more important to keep the vessel running to keep the fees and the commissions flowing in um and, and for their revenue then to to make sure that the vessels are being being fixed at a positive tc and that creates some surprising deals from time to time and uh, i can only say to that is that it's important when you as a ship owner a tanker owner you when you see commercial control of your asset uh, having having full alignment with your interest with your commercial manager's interest is absolutely key right. um, make sure that that when you make money they make money and vice versa and their incentives are 100 aligned with yours um I think that's that's the key thing to to keep it the market healthy. Now, fundamentals overall, of course, are weak. Uh, so I will not. Uh, it, it it will prevent maybe some of these dips into negative territory, but obviously it will not solve the overall market. I can uh, uh, unfortunately, um, if if we had more focus on on actually net revenue than just um, moving the vessels and keeping um, keeping the gross revenue flowing through companies. Makes sense. And also, since you mentioned, uh, let's say, chart char- char- so let's, let's say oil majors, for example, big traders who might have uh, the, ves- uh, the vessels which they have on time charter, which are referred to as relets in, in the market. Do you find in the low market environment as well that those relets, for example, still might get, uh, let's say, preferential treatment? Uh, uh, Either would we buy the broker and get and fix at the lower rates just to you know get get them moving when they're available? Yeah, I think um, our, our customers, um, the oil companies and, and 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 trading houses, they they have have done a good job uh, leveraging their position and their their relevance to uh, to market players um, to make sure that they have a good uh, good visibility. Good access to to other cargo the utilization of the relays high. Uh, that makes perfect sense for them. Um, and and especially in a weak market, that that has value um, that they can keep their ships moving um, compared to. Um, but but also, I mean, and that is the top priority. Even if there are no TCs out there that are in, in these market conditions, uh, there are or there are few at least that are making money have a fixed rate TC and. So it's all a case of mitigating, and we and we also see it as well when when the volume is already low and the supply of ships are already are the same. We do see, of course, a lot of all companies they have less cargoes in the market and they're using their own relays first, as you would expect, as is their mm-hmm. as is their 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 priority. It has to be that way. Um, um, but there are also some customers who who 
our linear module watch rather have um, a um, sort of a instead of a the partnership approach, they would like to have a pure owner um, running ships mm. to to manage their um, their freight solutions. Um, but for and and from the, for the broker's point of view, you know, if if um, whether we we agree with it or not, um, cargo is king in this market. Um, mm. The the brokers that um, manage to source cargos and have access to cargos are the ones that owners want to talk to because they need to fix mm-hmm. the cargos. So um, to keep the charters happy makes sense for a broker. Um, yeah. We can argue so about words, like, how the balance should be, but yeah. but um, that's the structure of the market at the moment, and uh, and I don't see it changing anytime soon. Um, but it's if if it will change, it's up to the owners to step up with another solution to it. Makes sense. So in other words, just to um, uh, confirm, so if we're talking from a broker's perspective, most 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 of the time, and especially in a mar- in a market like this, if you want to make sure that let's say a charterer who uh, has real ads gives you more cargos in the future, uh, you are more incentivized to fix their real ad, uh, like uh, rather than some other owner, because that might give them more into their good graces and give you more cargos later potentially yeah, it'll, it'll potentially. be down to 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 chart of chart of to each chart or what their what their setup will be but um mm-hmm. but but that's the market everyone is using the leverage they have available to their benefit um makes sense and uh and it does it does make it it does make it uphill an uphill battle for owners at times but then it's up to the owners to 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 Challenge the status quo and and come up with something uh, a better offering. It's um, the market doesn't wait for anyone. So what would be the better offering? So if we're talking, this is the situation we're in. Yeah, let's say it might it might be a uh, a bit uh, like flawed in many ways. If you see uh, standing in ship owner's shoes, and you're talking about better solutions or how to let's say break this status quo, this cycle where the rates are low, what are the tools? What are the ways to do it? It's a good question, and I don't have the the straight up answer. Um, if you look at other industries, especially uh, in in recent years, a lot of industries have has been the relationship between whether it's B two B or B two C, the relationship between customer and and um, um, uh, vendor or, or or service provider has changed a fair bit with the implementation of technology and most of the time it has created a more direct dynamics and much more visibility and much more transparency of what's going on in the market i think it's so much towards that direction we are heading as well in 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 tanker freight Mm -hmm. um and ais for example is a good first step that's become second nature to everyone out there now and that's a good, good, good first step. In term, but in terms of actually getting the deals done, maybe something more is to be had. But in in terms of technology and making the the relationships more mutual beneficial over the long term, I think that's vague enough. Um, <laughs> How would this direct relationship or more direct relationship actually look like when you say you mean between the ship owner and the charterer? For example well you still there's still always room for brokers i think good, there's mm. a lot of strong brokers in this market and it add a lot of value for 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 for, for the principles out there there's no question mm. about that um and 
so there's there's plenty of room for everyone. But I think when we're going into, um, I think when 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 cargo finds ship, um, the criteria that needs to be used going forward um, to now with the technology that we have available and the transparency in terms of you know AIS and and other technologies, I think there's there's things that could be optimized. Utilization could go up um, if we just if that's if that's what we're prioritizing compared to other other criteria. Um, mm-hmm. If utilization goes up, that also means we we can use less resources on on solving the same freight solution, and that that goes into maybe you know we can lower emissions to transport the same amount of cargo, and you know this is where maybe the likes of SCC are coming into it, um, yeah. and and but you. In order to really solve these problems, you need to have all the stakeholders um, aligning more frequently um, and putting their heads together and go, like, "Well, how do we not just how do how do we, how do I save half a point of of this fixture?" More mm-hmm. in terms of like, "Well, how do we for the long term um, come up with solutions that are more sustainable?" And I think the current model, at times, I wouldn't say all the time. There's 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 definitely good work being done. But at times, it's not really uh, constructed that way um, mm-hmm. uh, towards that end, I would say. But so you're thinking about more of a big picture way of looking at things, right? So we're talking about how ship owners, um, you know, charters and brokers, when they're involved, uh, can look at, let's say, commodity, fl- commodity flows or arbitrages and connecting with the fleet utilization and see where the opportunities are for basically either moving the tonnage or which rate should be fixed, things like that. Yeah, I think it's already happening uh, with with AIS being again as I said, a second nature to to most companies out there now. Um, that that um, for sure, and, and, and more more um, joint planning, I think, to to optimize these things, I think could could be beneficial for all parties if done correctly. But a specific. Um, uh, Sort of tra- trading freight online or, or something like that, which has been tried many times in the past, is very difficult to do, and we're not dealing with a massive amount of deal flow here either in these segments. Mm-hmm. Um, so I question whether that is the right solution. Um, but there's so many other smaller initiatives that can be done, like just sitting down and 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 planning your scheduling and planning your you know, matching matching um, supply and demand a little bit further out than just fixture by fixture by fixture, because mm-hmm. as you said, you're missing the bigger picture sometimes in terms of what are we really trying to solve for, and what we're trying to solve for, I think, has changed over the last couple of years here with the uh, with the focus on emissions. Of course, and that is an, another good topic: emissions. Obviously, um, the shipping market is facing uh, quite a let's say ambitious goals in terms of decarbonization, and that already place quite a few uh, tough decisions in front of ship owners in terms of what kind of solutions uh, they want to bet on in order to meet those uh, emission goals. And most of the time when people talk about it, there is a very high pitch of uncertainty there in terms of uh, what solution we're going to go for right now if we were to put money for, for something at this very moment. Where do you see this going? Are we going to see 
is first of all is the solution there for example for 2030 or 2050 goals yet is there the future let's say in investment in tonnage uh, which uh, can switch between different bunkers that's where it sh- should go to or maybe it's just all going to go ammonia or hydrogen or anything <laughs> anything else where do you think we're all going in this yes no alex I, it's it's that's the the I would not even a billion dollar question. It's probably a trillion yeah. dollar question. <laughs> um, it, it's extremely difficult, the landscape, because just when... Well, one example, for example, just to give an idea of how difficult it is to navigate uh, the scene right now. I, I think, personally, six months ago, I was relatively convinced this is called going to go LNG. Mm-hmm. And... It, um, it can still go all go LNG, the, the 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 dominant fuel for the marine industry, but I'm a little bit less sure now. Um, that's my personal yeah, so. opinion. No, just because you're seeing other technologies might be moving a little bit faster than what I expected initially, so the bridging fuel might not be needed to the same extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't rule LNG out still. <laughs> <laughs> because there's still no other. That's the only real viable solution there is to lower it, but not to solve for it, uh, for, for, for the for the goals that was being set. And so, I, from from a decision-making point of view, um, it's a tough one as well because you you can sit at some point as a player in in this market or in this industry, you have to make you have to place your chips. And if you wait too late, there might be some first move advantages gone. If you go too early, it will being the first mover is going to be too pricey. And or I think you might bet on the wrong first move, right? Correct. And mm-hmm. or you go too early. I think um, somewhere out there, there's a really compelling business case. I think on containers that the company, if I remember correctly, the company who invented the container concept. I went too early and, and they ran out of cash and went out of business before it was fully implemented. It didn't mean the idea was bad. It just meant that they were, they were not, the infrastructure was not there to, mm-hmm. and the ecosystem was not, was not ready to, to fully utilize the ideas. So there's a lot of variables that needs to be factored in, not just what you're going with, but also when do you go with it? If, mm-hmm. if you could build an ammonia, a tanker running on, a merchant vessel running on ammonia tomorrow, would you build it or would you wait until some infrastructure is being constructed? Yeah. Um, I, I have to, we have to give props to the charters and owners who went early with LNG and, and gave it a go and, 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 um, and gave it, gave it a chance. Are they, is it going to pay off? I would say it's too soon to say, mm-hmm. but um, we have to, we have to admire them for showing, um, showing the initiative. True. But In this case, if we're talking, uh, you know, tonnage uh, again, and where you're going to go with it? It seems like there was of, uh, like more secondhand S&P, for instance, and a lot of the time people allocate that to the fact that no one knows what uh, or like no one's sure what uh, bets bets to make again on which fuel. Do you think that's going to continue for like let's say uh, a year or, or two, or we're going to see like another wave of new buildings with people going for dual? fuels or like starting to make investments more in LNG or any others. I mean, is there, does it feel like there is some kind of critical mass assembling for one solution or the other 
for example, which might break the cycle. Yeah, I think yeah, the critical mass is a good is a good word or tipping point to use another uh, again uh, one of the bus terms. Um, there needs to be enough vessels, some merchant vessels built. It doesn't just have to be tankers, but merchant vessels built that will run an LNG. So for the infrastructure to to be built up. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be on tankers. I, th I would imagine, and I think we're seeing it already, um, it'll probably be containers or other line of trade mm -hmm. that will that know where the next fuel stem is going to come from every time. And once we see them reaching a certain critical mass, then the risk of, and also solving out any um, optimizing the solution as well make sure that it's the right engines and and um and it's as efficient as, as can be uh, the lng industry has had a rapid development over the last 10 years in terms of what, how the engines mm -hmm. run so um so again um if if, if the containers are sort of uh, the 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 first segment creating the demand for lng bunkering then uh, i think the tram trades will probably following their wake um but that's probably the ones to watch and and i think that's been it's been a lot of cases a lot of sort of presentations that i've seen that's made that case to 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 wait for the containers to to sort of um get the momentum going um mm -hmm. whether then there will be another technology in a couple of years that all of a sudden becomes feasible it's extremely difficult to say um but um and rolling back to bunkers by the way because we um it's it's one of those things because you also mentioned uh, when you talked about the earnings right and uh, obviously the bunker prices have a massive uh, impact on where the earnings uh, for the voyage actually are and just looking uh, now at august direct data i'm seeing that still let's say the spread between 0 0.5 and 3.5 percent uh fuels uh is around 100 dollars and it has been around there for a while now does the scrubber game still work yeah is it still worth it considering the new decarbonization goals considering where like the new sol solution lie either the difference in earnings between the scrubber ship and non-scrubber ship good enough to make it work i mean for sure right now um the ships that can still make sense sometimes of sailing you know if you take a hundred dollars off your of your fuel cost, um, you know, your TC will go into the positive when normally it would be negative. So it allows you to trade, but at the same time, you also have the the investment that you need to pay off. Um, and and it's not it's still not a business that two or three thousand dollars a day versus minus one. Um, looking forward on the scrubbers, um, it's a good question. Um, I. My personal, this is my personal view. I want to make that clear. Has always been that it's a shame that the industry is focusing on a short-term patchwork solution, such as scrubbers, mm -hmm. instead of investing more heavily into solving the real problem, which is which is greenhouse gases, because uh, this doesn't do anything in this regard. And so that from a from an overall point of view, I always felt that that's a bit of a shame that we're putting resources and, and energy into into to to this patchwork which i'm not sure if it's if it's really solved any environmental issues really given that the waste just goes into the oceans instead mm -hmm. um so going forward i mean we didn't 
TK, we didn't do any scrubbers and um, unlikely we're going to do any going forward. Um, I still see new bills being delivered um, with scrubbers on board and we're also seeing um, um, new bills being ordered with scrubber options and then mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. But then I think at 100 bucks, I think the pay, um, getting back to, to break even, I think it's like something like two and a half years um which you know that's not too unreasonable um from a financial point of view but the risk again is restrictions around when and where you can use the scrubbers uh, especially open loop of course are probably only going to intensify and as as lng becomes more and more prevalent and and you have more lng carriers on there and and then the need for scrubbers is um is diminishing but Right now, in, in today's environment, sure, the TC is higher, but of course, there's also initial initial capex that needs to be be justified. So it has to be higher, of course. Um, the thing that always has value is, of course, the equity signs, which is, must has been a good investment, especially in this market like now, uh, with, with high fuel prices. That's definitely been been worthwhile, and that, that has real tangible value on all fronts, um, financial and environmental. Makes sense. Okay, so to round off then, all considered, we talked about currently low freight rates, uncertainty still about fuel, and obviously uh, it's hard to make investment decisions both when you're not making that uh, much money as you, as you would like and you're faced with big investment decisions. What needs to change, let's say, for this market to actually swing back in terms of freight rates coming up, for instance, and in, term, in terms of earnings? coming up for the ship owners is there any particular things that need to happen we're talking about obviously not geopolitical things or rushes like you might have from uh, uh, like you know uh, something happening again on the pandemic side or things like a colonial pipeline going offline but something sustainable what is there that could help to turn the things around for the dirty tanker market I like the way you phrase the question, Alex, with something sustainable, um, because the last two significant spikes in the tanker market has been caused by geopolitical events. Um, so to answer your question, um, the OPEC plus cuts needs to be rolled back. And that's something where we can see the milestones um, sort of coming up month on month. Uh, running up on up until July. Um, obviously, May hasn't made any impact. So uh, fingers mm. crossed for the next two months when when we see more crude having to go on tankers, uh, maybe that will at least it will give us a sense of how far away from equilibrium are we. Um, I also think we need to see um, some tonnage leaving the fleet uh, for scrap um, and. Because we, it is oversupplied, and I, I, so we need to see see improvement, and I mean, on both sides of the ball, both demand has to increase, and and, and with the immediate view on the OPEC plus uh, cuts rolled back, and um, then we need to see some of the older tonnage um, go to uh, go to recycling, um, yeah. so that it will it will it will tighten up a little bit on the other side. Um, other than that, uh, looking further ahead, there are positive signs, as as a lot of research brokers will tell you, or analysts will tell you, and I'm sure you've seen it as well, that we are in for potentially more ton mile uh, environment. 
um, where we see the, the the production go up and where we see the demand go up, um, it mm. should it should require overall the uh, oil, oil global oil demand aside, the this, the demand for t- freight should go up um, in the in the medium term, and um, that's something to look forward to. And the overall supply of new ships is in the in the large tanker space is also. Uh, fairly limited is is not quite as heavy as it has been in previous years, so there are definitely positives. But we need these we need these the recycling numbers to to increase, and we need mm-hmm. the um, need to have OP, OP plus production to come back and at least see what that does and get us a sense of how far away from equilibrium are we. So maybe we should do this again in August, and then we'll see where we are at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good idea to me. All right, lovely. I think we can finish off here. Uh, thanks for being here today, Mikel, and sharing your perspective on the market. It was very insightful. And thanks to everyone who listened. If you would like to get more insight into shipping markets, do check out the August Freight Service, which includes prices, news analysis, and a bunch of special bonus content. Also, for more free content like this, visit the Weight of Freight page on the argusmedia.com, where we publish regular podcasts, blogs, and webinars. Till next time, and keep safe, everyone.